Sort of chill, sort of like yeah. the waiting room of a of a dentist's office um, today. Almost. Melancholic, sort of Celtic moods, if you will. <laughs> sort of sort of Celtic women vibes. Celtic women, yeah. Um, <laughs> if you're you just joining us now, this is of course urgent care. Um, I'm Joel Kim Booster. Who the hell are you? Mitra Jahari. <laughs> you know who that uh, Celtic woman moment reminded me of did you ever do you remember charlotte church oh yes i loved charlotte church i i figured that would hit with you i don't yeah. know what that i is, loved <laughs> literally all of the icons of being like young pop star like 13 like 12 to 13 year old pop stars like billy grant billy billy wait, gilman is billy that, gilman is that yes the name? Yes, wow, Billy Gilman and not. Leanne Rimes, famously very young when she got her start. I was yes. into all of them. She feels less like like Billy Gilman and Charlotte Church were very like my grandma liked them. I mm-hmm, feel like my grand mm-hmm. like you know what I mean. It was just like 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 the um the ad before the VHS starts yes. vibes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel exactly like they were that. like before. I feel like Charlotte Church was the ad before like Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat on VHS. That- I cannot confirm, nor would I ever confirm, but I am going to, to say that that sounds exactly correct. It feels it feels spiritually accurate mm-hmm. in more ways than one. And this uh, this podcast <laughs> that you're listening to actually is sort of very much um, deep, deep, deep into. Uh, it's a music podcast specifically about artists <laughs> under the age of seventeen. Um, Mitra and, and I just is, sort of do a deep dive every week. It is a companion piece to Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor <laughs> Dreamcoat. Most importantly, we want everyone to know that if you haven't watched uh, Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor, Technicolor Dreamcoat, you might not understand some of the references in this podcast. <laughs> and actually, if you play our podcast backwards, it's a soundtrack to Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. And we Dreamcoat. work really hard on that. So we would appreciate <laughs> if you could figure out a way to do that because um, it, we don't just do it for our own, <laughs> our own enjoyment. Um, <laughs> Mitra, for real though, no nonsense. Cut the, cut the shit. I'll cut the crap. Cut this shit out. How are you? Um, I am... Okay, I feel like very um, foggy mm. this week. Like I haven't been able to like. I feel like I'm I'm really taking everything like ten minutes at a time this week. I feel like I haven't been able to like keep track of anything and like every like no matter how much I clean, everything's a mess. Kind of like yeah. I, I'm trying to not like beat myself up about it too much, but I definitely feel like um, I'm not totally alert at the moment, which is interesting because I have a considerably cut down on my drinking and smoking. And you think that I would. <laughs> Maybe what you're experiencing is withdrawal. I hate to say it. But... Possible. <laughs> oh, What's possible is that you have become a full addict and now you're experiencing literal withdrawal symptoms. That's I will possible. say that happened to me. I had to stop smoking every day um, by order of my psychiatrist. And he mm. begged me. He begged me to stop smoking every single day. He said once in a while is a treat please um for your own mental well-being and 
the first couple of weeks of that were really hard because I had gotten so accustomed to doing it every single night. Can I tell you, can I share a secret with you, the list, you and the listeners right now? And it's so gross and disgusting. Please. So he asked me to stop smoking weed. I did, in fact, start smoking cigarettes again. Very briefly, I have not like fully dived back in. What I have done a couple times is walked to the gas station, bought a pack of cigarettes, smoked one, and then doused them in water to ruin the rest of the pack or given them away to a friend. I um, understand this. And it's bad. It's so bad that in the midst of a pandemic that specifically targets your lungs, the one thing that I've returned to from my like teenage, early 20s years is smoking cigarettes. It's but hard it, to hear. It's the most joy I've felt in in sense it all began really was it's, having that parliament touch my lips i i got really into um i mean i am not a big like smoker of any kind but i got really into weed drinks uh Ooh. recently um and i didn't want to call you out last week but i did believe i saw you imbibing a, a mini weed drink last night last week while we were I recording did. I, will, I was. You nasty, I, I nasty like girl. Very, you nasty, um, nasty girl. I know. I got a really like, um, I like barely anything weed drink. And I, yeah, I it's did. five. Mi- I, I got those two. They're five milligrams. They don't even give me a buzz. The tiny little guys. Yeah. Or, yeah. Little lemonades. Yeah. They're so good. I forget what they're called, but I loved it. And that was, I think that was my first time having it where I was just like, let's just see what happens. And I'm going to do it at work. <laughs> and you know what? It was a great app. It was a great app. I didn't want to get you in your head while we were recording that I knew, but I knew. And I, and the whole time I thought, <laughs> This is a good app because of this. So I think we should both do an episode where we're completely blazed yeah, out of our be, mind. That'll be our like, um, what is it? Premium content. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you actually, we'll, we'll put out the call. Every listener has to get really, really stoned and then leave us a voicemail of their <gasps> question. Really fun. And then we answer the question really, really stoned. Yes. And that is Stitcher premium content. I, I want, I want that. I think that sounds actually very good. Yeah, um, and but, then we'll but, do a yeah. wine one. <laughs> I was, I mean that that will be all too familiar. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but other than that, good. I feel like I, on the other side of that, I have been able to like, re- I've been reading a lot more, which has been nice. I forgot mm. that I liked reading, so that has been. I my attention span got so bad. It- I am a person, I read a lot because I love to read on planes and in hotel Mm -hmm. rooms and in other places. And it's been so weird to try and read at home. I'm not good at it. I like reading at a beach. I like reading at a a location that is not my home. And so Mm. uh, therefore it has taken me a full two and a half months to read one Alice Monroe book. Um, But I finally finished it yesterday because I'm I'm relearning. I'm so fucking (laughs) sick of the inside of my own house. Um, Mm -hmm. And I can tell, and I I will reveal now on the pod that I am, I won't say I am, I am take planning on, on going to a place that is not my house for a brief period of time. And I am, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to see a different set of walls. Like I'm not even going, it's not even something where I, where like anywhere you go right now, every place is like in lockdown. So it's not even about like going to a new place. I, I literally... I just need to see a place that's not my home. I get it. I mean, I've talked to you about how crazy I feel. Like I work out of my bedroom. I'm in my bed. I sleep in my bedroom. I'm in my bedroom 22 hours a day. And any other experience is like the most psychotically horny thing that I can imagine. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm very excited for you to have that. <laughs> yes, it's going to be great. I just can't wait to jerk off some other place. Uh, it's going to be really, really remarkable. Oh, my God. To be staring at like a different wall slash ceiling while you do that. Unbelievable. <laughs> How are you otherwise? Um, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty even this week. I think because I know that I have this little um, mini getaway coming up that I'm I'm like excited about that, even though, again, it's sort of nothing. Um, but I am excited. And so I've, I've had that to sort of like rest on. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's, this has been a pretty stable week for me. And so I am like counting that as a win, even if I look back on it and there's not really anything, um, of note to talk about. I will say I started doing this thing with a group of people on Zoom where, um, we're reading through Angels in America. That's <laughs> we, nice. Every week, every week we do one act. Or one, a couple scenes or however long, like an hour, but roughly an hour. And we just like, we'll like switch parts sometimes. It's very like high school, like in class, like you're assigned a part and you read out loud. But for some reason, it's very soothing. Um, Yeah, I I did that. A great Zoom activity. With um, in person one time with Peter Smith. Peter Smith came over and we read all of As You Like It together. Really? theater dorks big time. oh my because god and we both uh we both really we, we were both like thinking about it a lot and it was very cool to like revisit it because like i love this it. um and it were was, you in it uh i wasn't it was like uh i, I wasn't it was okay my, like, drama. Freshman, it was my freshman play so i was i was only on crew um oh but um, a waste of your talents. I can't see you on crew. I well, can't I did see you a one on act crew. version of it though, and I was Rosalind. So okay. at the end of the day, okay. <laughs> at the end of the day, I did do it my freshman year. Um, but but no, it was so it was so nice. I think just like any sort of like, it, like it's low stakes enough that you mm-hmm. like you're just reading the thing and like no one's watching. But it, yeah. like it was nice to just sort of stop and be like, hey, that's a pretty line. <laughs> like, yeah, have definitely. It, be, it was. A, a it's little a little bro- clubby. Yeah, it's very it's very that, but it's actually even less commitment. And so I suggest if you're desperate for a new activity for you and your friends, pick out a play, jump over to your local bookstore and buy it and then read it every week. And then afterwards you play a game or you just chat. I don't know. It's just we needed a little bit more structure to our hangouts, I think. And that is yes, what we landed my on. My friends and I have been um, making quizzes every week oh. for each other. Each of us will do like a pop culture quiz. Uh, and, or, and it's like truly like, let me, I, I'm, I'm making one for this week. And we'll- Is like it on eat, sp- like Sporkle or something? We'll each just have, we'll eat, we'll- um, we one of us will come up with a, like tw- fifteen to twenty questions for the other three, and then they'll everyone will text answers, and we'll like keep track. Wow! Um, so like one of my questions for this week is, um, what's the title of Bella Thorne's book? Like, it's very, like whatever it is, whatever you want it to. be. I will say it's not Sporkle. I'll have to think of the name of what the quiz site was, but there's a website that will do that for you. And it's actually really incredible. And you can like, there's like, you can do multiple choice. You can do fill in the blank. You can do like all different kinds of quiz questions. And it's all like communal online. It's it's really great. I'll text You're about you to off thread. Bust open my Zoom yeah. hangouts. <laughs> but speaking of busting open, we should probably bust open this episode of our podcast, which is of course Urgent Care, a podcast in which we take people, uh, call us or email us with advice questions and we answer them to, to the, the best. best. 
of our limit. Of our ability, which is very low, especially in these times. As you've seen, we've come to making quizzes and reading plays over Zoom. And okay, so these, that is what we have. Yeah, so you're you're really getting sort of bottom of the barrel dorks um, on the other <laughs> line, and that's what you need to know. And I hope that's what all these people who called in today um, know. But first, we have some updates. Yes. Um, oh, unfortunately, I just wanted to point out for our listenership because I know that they're invested. Um, angel uh, Heaven does have one more angel. Um, this week because producer Dana is no longer with us for this week alone. Um, she is <laughs> not we'll dead. She is in fact week. just um, uh, taking a much needed vacation. But we have we have engineer Ryan and Ryan, you are going to play that voicemail update. Hey, Dolan Mitra. Um, I'm a returning caller providing an update. I forget what you named me, um, but I had called in in one of your very first episodes about how my sister was having a wedding and I didn't want to go. And Joel called me a nasty, nasty little drama starter. <laughs> it's been a while. My sister just sent out her invitations. Um, and she like joyfully told me about the date that she had chosen for the wedding over the phone. Um, and I was like, that sounds like a great date. And then I marked not attending on the seat. Um so at this point, I am waiting for the drama. Um, thank you so much, Joel and Nisha, <laughs> for encouraging me to embrace the part of myself that desires drama um, at all costs. <laughs> and um, I don't know, maybe I should update you again after the wedding, which will be a really long time from now um, to see if I hear any mean things about myself. I don't know. Okay. Thanks. Bye. Oh, okay. standing O, standing O. I wish I could remember what we named this person. That is your responsibility to remember what we named you. We cannot be held responsible for these names every week. No, no. And I would um, say that this is the first voicemail uh, update where I believe that we have actively caused harm. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think what we did was good, but no. I do think that it is drama. I stand by it. I, I think maybe there was like a political aspect. I I believe maybe, I, I actually don't remember this call at all. I've wiped it from my memory. But I, I, I will say that in these times of Corona, Drama is really all we have, and it's few and far between that you get a really juicy sort of scenario like this. And to RSVP no to your sister's wedding in the midst of pandemic is sort of varsity level, nasty, nasty <laughs> yes. little drama starting. And so Oscar I award like, winning. congratulations, because now you have this to deal with for the next couple of months or whenever, however long the lead up to this wedding is. So she's and given herself something to do. She's really killed two birds with one stone, I say. It's amazing. And I w do want updates Really yes. Badly. Oh, absolutely. You have to. Like um, as much as you want to give us. Like I would say most people, one update will absolutely do the trick. Mm -hmm. For you, I would really like to open the floodgates and say as real time as you're willing to make yeah. it. Because yeah. <laughs> I need to, I, I've never heard of anyone doing this and I've never been sort of like peripherally involved in this. And I love it and I want to know all about it. Because, I trust yeah. us. I trust um us however many months ago that we answered this question that um there was a reason we told her that it was okay not to want to go to her sister's wedding and i ultimately think you shouldn't go to weddings you don't want to go to no matter who it's for because it's not that's not the point that's a lesson so, i really need to learn and yeah. um i 
you know, most of the weddings that I don't want to go to have been canceled due to COVID. So yeah, it probably so. will not become a you, you very much. That was like a theme of our early episodes was you having to go to all these weddings. I mean, truly, like every other day, I would find out that I was going to be a bridesmaid in a wedding. <laughs> As though you had no sort of um, agency of your own. Um, in that situation. Well, here's the thing is I love weddings and I do love being bridesmaids. I just also like to complain about things that I choose to do. Mm-hmm. And that is my right as a woman. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is your right to choose to complain about things like being a bridesmaid in a wedding. Um, okay, Ryan, we have another update. Please. You're doing so good. You're doing such a good job filling in for Dana. Please play the second update. Hi, me, Some great um, addendum advice for Strangely by the by the Lake. Another incredible name. Thank you so much for <laughs> thank you for remembering the name and referencing it in the call because otherwise we wouldn't know where we were. And then lastly, we have two updates for Inspector Gidget, um, uh, a recent caller. And um, Mitra, why don't you read these? Yes. So we have two pieces of advice. And this was someone who was trying to figure out if two people they barely knew were dating during this time, Our which fave. of course we love. <laughs> I have some, so this is the first one. I have some very simple advice for Inspector Gidget. The way to find out if two people are dating or quarantining together is to look at their Venmo history and mm, see what they're paying mm. each other back for. You're welcome. Goodbye. That's <laughs> such a good one. That's a deep cut. That's a really you go to good the one. Venmo. Sometimes, though, the Venmo is unhelpful because people are too cutesy with their Venmos these days. And also, a lot of people are private now. But I do feel like similarly to like tick, uh, similar, similarly to um, Snapchat, Venmo used to be the way that you found out that people were dating. Mm. Like, I remember getting caught hooking up with somebody in college because we were each we were we were very like secretive about it. But we were each other's top people on Snapchat. Wow. And people were like, oh, so you guys. And we were like. Well, the snap, the Snapchat. This is where our generational work. divide really comes into play because I was never big a uh, Snapchat guy, and the fact that that was that information is transparent is shocking <laughs> and um, abhorrent to me. Um, and then, <laughs> speaking of um, Snapchat, another or rather of a uh, social media platform that I am um, refused to engage with. Please go and. Yes. So Inspector Gidget, find them on TikTok. This is our second recommendation. If they're gay and in college, there's a 95% chance they're on TikTok. And if they're on TikTok and dating, there's a 95% chance they've made TikToks together. Now, I should say, I should walk back my, my previous comment. I have got, I am an avid watcher of TikToks because, yes. I mean, how could you not? Um And this was not, but I, I'm not someone who uses it. And this was not something I had thought of. That's a really good point. Everyone, yes. half the games on TikTok are specifically about tricking your significant other or in other ways 
otherwise humiliating them. So I, I love when our listeners can help us find ways to violate other other people in the world. It's and- very helpful. <laughs> Saves us a lot of time. Um, well, thank you guys uh, so much for all of these updates and suggestions. If you have any suggestions for any of our callers or you have called in and would like to leave us an update, please give us a call at 323-334-0371 or email us at urgentcarepod at gmail.com. Of course, if you have a question too, please. It's not you. The show wouldn't exist if you guys didn't have these nasty, nasty little problems um, <laughs> that we are here to solve. And you know what? It sounds like we're doing a bang up job. Personally. <laughs> it's true. I mean, we've really built a community around finding people. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, if you if you also have any crimes that you unsolved crimes yeah. that you want unsolved, it seems like our listenership might be the the people to turn loose. So let us know. But honestly, please don't send any crimes to us because yeah. I don't think um, I know we would I we would try to solve them and, and we'd only make them worse. Um, we make somehow make the crimes worse. And I um, know that I would end up dead. <laughs> no matter what the crime is and on that macabre note we are going to take a break and when we're back we'll uh, dive in with your calls and emails oh. we're back <laughs> what, did that your phone's making weird sounds um Okay, we're back, and whoa, 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 whoa. This week we're starting with an email, and um, that's pretty crazy, but I guess I'll go ahead and I'll read it. Um, Okay. Hi, Mitra and Joel. Joel and Mitra. I've, he, him is the pronouns here, been with my boyfriend for about eight months, and we're quarantining together. Things are going well, but there's one thing that's been on my mind. He basically refuses to post anything about me on his social media, Instagram in particular. He's very active on the platform and posts regularly, but you'd never guess he had a boyfriend from just looking at his profile. I tried not to think too much about this about it this weekend but we had a great few days away together and took tons of photos but he posted absolutely none of them which had any presence of me in them in fact he just posted one of his plate of food at a restaurant being sure to angle it away from me i've met a ton of his friends and most of his family socially distanced of course which all went well so i don't think he's embarrassed of me at first this wasn't an issue he doesn't have to include me in every single thing he posts but recently i've noticed the length he goes to actively not post anything with me in it and it just feels a little bit strange whenever i've approached the issue he's laughed it off and said he doesn't need to post everything on social media. Believe me when I tell you he posts everything on Instagram. To add fuel to my suspicion, I've noticed numerous times in the last few months that he's been looking at the Instagram page of a guy he dated a few months ago who broke things off with him back in September. Is he hiding me from this guy he dated last year in case there's hope that they can get back together? Is he hoping that he'll get thirst messages from instagays if they think he's single should i be worried at all hope this all makes sense and i hope you can help thanks so much and i love the podcast wow this is juicy capital j juicy what do we call him um search mystery he's he's hidden away at least Um, we didn't like search mystery oh i didn't hear search mystery (laughs) but you know, I think we can beat it. I mean, it's top of that. I'm on my Vivance today. I feel like we can really okay. get into okay. maybe like um Man Frank. Because <gasps> he's because <laughs> he's hidden and he was very explicit about his pronouns. But I don't want to. I've pushed you. I've pushed you into you know whore's light territory before, and I don't want to do that again. So you know, we, we need can... to keep pitching. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> 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 and 
And that's, you know what? That's good. That's good that you're finally standing up to me because everyone knows I'm a bully. Um, no. Let's see. Hidden. Okay. What was your first pitch? I don't like it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> okay, he posted a picture of food. Um, food. What about, um, hmm. Okay, so like influencer vibes. Influencer vibes. Um, sinfluencer. <laughs> sinfluencer. I love sinfluencer. Sinfluencer, because he's sinning by not sharing his boyfriend. Yes. Sinfluencer. Okay, um, here's what I think is... Okay, I think two different things. One, okay. I think that there are two questions in this question because there's there's a him looking at his ex, I think is different than him post not posting yeah. about somebody. I think sure. those are two totally different things because I know I like I think people just have different opinions about like wanting to post about their significant like mm-hmm. their relationships on social media. Some like I post about my boyfriend on social media mainly like <laughs> to brag. I, to brag mainly to brag uh, but mostly like we're both active on social media so it mm-hmm. just didn't feel like a big deal to me but if I was dating someone who wasn't active on social media I would gladly not post them but I think there are people who like maybe maybe your boyfriend had a relationship that he very actively shared and then it ended and that felt embarrassing to him to have to like go through and delete all the photos or like like it was made them sad mm, to like see all those photos yeah. like I think there is something to like what do you do after you break up with somebody? Not saying you guys are going to break up, but I think like people have a whole host of reasons for why they don't share their romantic life on social in, media. In general, it sounds like he's still ex- like sort of rebuilding after some damage from this last guy. If he's mm-hmm. still looking at the page, so that that definitely I didn't even think about that because here's what I'll say: I think every one of your suspicions is correct. I think he is sinning against you and against God by not posting you on Instagram. I think the work, I think if it were, I think the thing is, is that it's the work that raises my ire. Cause there, if he were just like not posting, it would be one thing, but the work, the active work to keep him out of the posts really does sort of irk me in a strange way. I will say, I don't think gay men have never had a problem sending thirst uh, messages to anyone regardless of their relationship status. Um, so I don't think it's necessarily that. I do think that it is something to do with the ex. And I don't necessarily think it's something to do with him wanting to get back together, but I do think that it is related to that. And I think you need to confront him. And I, need you, I think you need to give him an ultimatum. I think, I think you, you need to say, you post me on Maine or it's over. And good luck <laughs> finding another boyfriend in this in this economy. I mean, I do think it's something that you're thinking about consistently and you're not feeling good about so it even if it fe- I know it feels embarrassing to be like you don't post me ha, 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 but like it does suck so it, and it's something that you're thinking about that's making you feel insecure maybe it's yeah and maybe you need to bring it up again and maybe you brought it up in the way that Mitra just sort of pantomimed for us all which was ha, ha it sucks that you don't put you know like you know take out the laugh and take out the intri- like the implied apology because you think it's stupid, but it's bothering you. Even if it's, it's stupid, feelings. it's your feelings and it's bothering you. And I think you need to have a serious conversation about it and be like, it doesn't need to be forced, but I just want to know why there is, there's so much labor behind not posting about me. It does make and me feel like you're ashamed. The thing that like bummed, really the thing that bummed me out, the, the detail was just this person being like, my boyfriend posts every single thing that he posts. He posts yeah. all the time. Like it's one, like I, I've dated people who like post like, 
five times a year. And like, if I'm, I want to be in one of them, but like, it's okay <laughs> if I'm not like it's, it's yeah. but it, but it's like, if your boyfriend is posting like, here's breakfast, here's my walk today. Like, like, yeah, you should fucking be in something, especially if you're quarantining together. So I get yeah. feeling insecure about that. Yeah, but also don't go to restaurants anymore. Um, that is not here to shame. True. Not here to shame. Um, <laughs> <But> okay. Also, <laughs> I think um, yeah, I think that's that's good on Sinfluencer. We gave him some actionable items. It does suck, and I'm so sorry. Like the whole point of having a boyfriend is the social media of it all, as far as I'm concerned. So <laughs> also, um, like if you're gonna like look at your ex, don't do it in front of your yeah. That's partner. crazy. Ask him politely to sh- like stop that. To fucking it's stop. So it. weird. <laughs> it's so rude. I mean, it's really don't get me rude. wrong. During quarantine, I've looked at every single person that I've ever met in my entire sure. life. Sure. I want to know what every single person I've ever met is up to. And I, I'm certainly not looking at exes sitting next to my current yeah. <laughs> romantic partner. Just sort of a, a massive slap to the face. So, yeah. influencer, we hope that helps. But let us know. Let us know what he does. Let us know. And especially let us know if he gets back together with that fucking ex. Because we will find him. We'll actually we'll actually pull on some of our listenership, and we'll find him, and we'll do, and we'll we'll write up. Okay. We'll let loose the apparent horde of private detectives yeah. that listens to this podcast. <laughs> um, okay, great. We have a call, Ryan. Ryan, please play it. Hi, Nitra and Joel. Yes, I said Nitra's name first because I am a feminist. I support that. I support that. <laughs> Sorry, that's my cat meowing. So I recently came across my famous Twitter account, and recently I have learned that she does do stand-up comedy. She has been super helpful, um, and I trust her completely, but I truly cannot stop thinking about the fact that she is a comedian. So my question is, how do I deal with the emotional turmoil of this, and how do I stop myself from obsessively checking her account to see if she's tweeted about me? She hasn't so far, and I know she never would, but there's still a part of me that just needs to know. Also, I know the obvious first answer would be to just talk to her about it, and while I consider myself to be a pretty open and vulnerable person, I just can't bring myself to do it. Okay, thanks. I love you both. Love the pod. Bye. Amazing. Wow. An amazing problem to have. Um, Another whammy in this episode. Another big whammy. Um, uh, (sighs) She's a feminist. She's a feminist who <laughs> is seeing a comedian. Um, oh. Ru- Ruth Bader. <laughs> Ruth Bader. Uh, um, let's see. Who's a fem- um, feminist who dates a comedian? Um, there are no such thing, honey. <laughs> no such thing. Okay. Um, comedians um, are... The patriarchy intrinsically um somehow I'll, I'll connect those dots eventually listen um she also susan has a cat. B. therapy susan b therapy <laughs> and another winner susan b therapy i like it because there's also like a she be therapy you know <laughs> susan b therapy therapy susan you know b susan, therapy she be, she, susan, susan b, b therapy. therapy i love it um <laughs> I think that there is actually a much more obvious answer than the one that she thinks is the obvious answer, which is you follow her on Twitter and then you wait for her to bring it up. Oh, 
Oh my God. I feel sick. And like that. and retweet every tweet, every oh single one. That's retweet. Absolute nightmare. Quote retweet it with just an emoji every time, just a smiley face. Also, I, I feel that this person who called must not be a comedian because she did not disclose if um, the therapist was funny or not. Yeah. I, feel that, <laughs> I feel that a comedian would have given us that information. Yeah. I mean, that's the most important thing. I don't know how you could live with yourself if you were seeing a comedian that wasn't funny. I would lose To respect. add insult to injury. You, yeah, you absolutely couldn't. I mean, my, my gut really here is um, you discontinue. You discontinue immediately because it doesn't sound like she's going to be able to get over this. I mean, I know, I know it. I would have said exactly that they didn't want to do this, but like you have to talk to your therapist about this. You have to like, there is just no way that you're going to like, if you're constantly wondering if your therapist is going to use you in their act or on Twitter, which like any responsible therapist wouldn't. And you said you don't think that, but clearly you have this lingering fear because you are constantly checking. Yeah. Maybe you start getting buck wild in therapy. And so that she has no choice, but to use you as material. And then you keep (laughs) checking the Twitter. You just start planting little seeds and then looking for them in, in the Twitter just to see, I think that's a really fun project for you to sort of waste (laughs) the hundreds of dollars that you're probably spending on therapy. If you could really Um, just like blow your money uh, on making your bad comedian therapist have a great career. uh, You know what? I will say is like um, sort of a similar situation is I, my therapist in New York, I saw him on Grindr one time. Whoa. Yeah. And that was a real. No. And I regret it because I stopped seeing him. Uh, (laughs) I, it it really blew me wide open. I just couldn't know that much about my therapist. And you know what? I think you do discuss it with your therapist, but it's a fair thing. Like different people have different you know, therapy styles. And I, I gotta say, I don't want to know that much about my therapist. I certainly don't want to know that much intimate detail about their lives because it, then I need my therapist to be a little bit of a cipher. Um, Yeah. I think everybody has a different, like, I I like knowing some things about my therapist because it allows me to like my, my therapist, for example, is very involved in some of the causes that I'm involved in. Mm. And it gives me, the comfort and knowing that like that the advice that I'm getting, even though we have different perspectives does come from a shared experience or like shared values. And I, and that makes me trust her more. Yeah. I don't think this is that situation. No. Like knowing this about your therapist feels actively harmful. And I also think like if you do stop seeing this person or even if you don't, I would encourage your therapist to lock their Twitter or like, I, I don't know. How can she do like that? A- She's a comedian. That's the thing. I have, I have a, like a weird issue with the therapy. Like what's the end game here? It, it's, it's, it's therapy is being a therapist is such a weird day job to have in this profession. I find because there's like, how yeah, far do it, you go in one direction? Like in, in either or you're sort of fucking over the other part of your professional life. And, yeah, and it's like, I don't want to say like a therapist can't pursue their passion, but at the same time, it's like, comedy it's just hard to talk about like your own experiences or observational comedy without the possibility of like violating I guess my thing is is I I could never do that job and then not break HIPAA rules (laughs) like I would be breaking so many rules all the time just like sharing all of my uh, all of my clients dirty little secrets um right and and it's like that's a human fear I think how often do you like 
so often I'll find myself speaking in like the cadences of the people that I know and love or like lifting phrases from my friends because we spend all of our time together. And it's like, is this therapist going to do this with their clients or something? I don't know. I mean, this is like about their therapist now, but it is like, I just do think that this therapist has put you in such a weird, uncomfortable position that like, if you continue to see this person, I think it is like imperative that you tell them that you know about this and how it makes you feel. Because I wonder if there are, there, there are probably other clients who have had this experience and feel uncomfortable yeah, too. She needs to know about it. Um, okay. Well, I think it's time to move on. We have another email and then we'll do this and we'll get to a break. Um, so. Okay. Do you want me to read this one? Read yes. Yes. Hey, Dana. <laughs> okay. Hey, Dana. Love the pod. Longtime listener. I'm so sad Dana's not here. I know. To she missed it. Experience that. Um, we'll have to let her know. Hey, hey, Dana. Love the pod. Longtime listener. I'm a nasty little gay college boy. I recently broke up with my ex boyfriend of only three months in April. I harbored a lot of resentment around us dating because he would always bring up his past dating life and he'd drink and smoke, all of which he'd started in high school. I, on the other hand, never dated anyone seriously before him and had never drank or smoked. Now, when I drink, smoke or even watch any media about people dating in high school I can't shake the feeling that he got to live an active romantic life way before I did and worst of all I can't help but imagine him laughing in my face or mocking me for starting these young life milestones i.e. sex dating and drinking so much later than he did so my question is what are some rituals and or mantras I can do to convince myself that my life is on its own track and not anybody else's thanks love the pod Okay, so he's a little baby. He's a little weenie. He's a little baby weenie. Dana's baby. Dana's baby. <laughs> We're going to call this this listener Dana's baby because he's a little baby and he loves Dana, his mommy. He's sucking from Dana's teat. No. Um, in this <laughs> canceled. You're Latch. canceled. He's latched. Um, okay, this is a tough one. And this is actually, I think like, I, I, it's weird. I was on a different podcast today and they do an advice section and a 61 year old gay man came out uh, and called and he said, I just came out of the closet and I worried I missed so much of my life and wow. I'm going through all these things and his, um, and it's a, it's a, it's a similar thing. I feel like it does like happen in the gay community where you feel like you're at all these different points in development that you missed because you were either in the closet or whatever. I mean, this isn't exactly this the case because this is specifically, it seems just talking about substance abuse and I don't want to tie our gay experience into that um, as though they are, those two things but are intertwined. Said, um, but like we're, they were also talking about like sex and romantic yeah. stuff too. I think it's just like life experience in general seems to be this person being, being yeah. jealous that someone began their adult life sooner. And Dana's baby, I got to say, you're going to meet people. I think this is uh, not to infantilize him further, but it you you just haven't met enough gay people because guess what? You're going to meet a gay person that's 61 years old and has only been out for a year. And you are going to like you're you'll be the opposite. You'll, you'll be in the opposite position. And I think like that just happens. And it's it's like one of the weird, great things about gayness is that you're just constantly meeting all of these men and extended adolescences. And um, it doesn't sound like you're loving that space, but like you'll definitely be in a position to mock somebody else who's below you very yes. soon. And, and that's, that's so something beautiful. to look forward to. I, I also think like this is this is certainly present in like 
being gay and coming out and all of that. But there's just versions of this in a million things in life. And I think like everybody. No, it's specifically gay, Mitra. Don't try and take that from us. It is gay and that is it. It is gay and that is it. Thank you for listening to Urgent Care Podcast. (laughs) That is our slogan. (laughs) It is gay and that is it. it. (laughs) But I, I think like. You will you will experience this feeling and re- be the recipient of this feeling a million times in your life. Like the, like I agree about the sixty one year old type thing, and I, I think just there. I feel I feel that in my own life about everything that I do, where it's like, oh god, I I like people feel like you start comedy young or you start comedy late or like you start dating young or you start dating late or you move to L A young or late or whatever. It's like there are so every decision feels like it's happening at the quote wrong time in comparison to someone else's life but like it it is happening in the right time in your life so maybe you it doesn't you know maybe and also maybe your ex wasn't ready to do that stuff and did that stuff or maybe they were but it's like that's not your business that is not your life your life didn't happen like that so get over it oh god (laughs) and just enjoy being young man it's it's like i'm having the same problems i'm having the same issues i mean i've never been in a long-term serious relationship and i'm 32 years old you know like that like that this feeling will never leave you to some degree so Mm -hmm. you need to learn to to deal with it now because otherwise you'll there will just be other milestones that will come up like this and they will eat you alive and so get into therapy go and see our last caller's uh comedian therapist um (laughs) and and start figuring it out because there's it's it's not something that you'll grow out of i don't believe because we all feel that way at many different points in our life totally it's just jealousy that's like you congratulations you're feeling jealousy and it's it's normal and it's human and i think it's just figuring out what you do when that feeling creeps up yeah okay Okay. we've we've got some a few more to do so let's take a break really quick and then we'll be back with the second half of our show and we are back hello We had an incredible break. (laughs) So much happened. I actually did do a full outfit change (laughs) because I was sweating so much. Um, I love that. I love sitting in a sweaty room and recording with you. Stinky Uh, girl. Let's dive in with this call um, so we can get to as many, so we can do it right. You know, let's just do it right. Let's do this right for once. Okay. Here it goes. I'm going to press play. Oh my God. Hi, Mitra Jojo Mitra. I can't believe I'm calling right now. This is wild. But I'm calling because I went on a Tinder date with a boy the other day, and it was really nice, and it went well, and he was cool and cute. But now he's texting me, like, too much. And, like, he texted me when I got home that night, um, and then he texted me good morning the next morning and all day, and then two days later tried to make plans again for a second date. And I'm just mad because it's, like, turning me off, and I feel like, I feel like he's blowing it, and I'm like, this could have been something nice, and he's just coming on too strong. So I guess my question is, like, is he being weird, or am I being toxic? Because um, I wanted to at first, and then I was just like, okay, come on. Um, and also, why are guys always, like, on this extreme spectrum of, like, ice cold or, like, way too coming in hot? So, yeah, that's all I have to say. Um, thank you, and I hope you hear this and maybe something awful. 
Okay, bye. <laughs> oh, get ready, babe. Get ready, because it's coming at you right now. Okay, so she's texting. She's receiving a lot of texts she doesn't want to receive. Um, too hot. Icy too, cold. Too hot. Um, well, she's icy cold. That's the thing. Yeah. Icicle. 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 Uh, I, so Ice Queen vibes. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, Elsa. Elsa vibes. Elsa vibes. <laughs> <laughs> Let, um, it Elsa Let it hoe. Let it hoe. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let it hoe. Um <laughs> I love this question because this is a this is a major reversal from the questions that we normally get. Yes. Most of our listeners are on the opposite side of the spectrum yes. and are not receiving the text that they would like to receive. And yes. I would like to ask this now. Are you someone who te- who feels who has gotten the feedback that they text too much or are you someone who plays it cool? How I- are you with wit early days? I have never been told that I text too much, but I would say that I probably err more on that side. Like, I I definitely don't believe in, like, playing it cool or, like, waiting several days or whatever. Because it's like, who has time? If I, like, if I'm interested, I'm I'm pretty shy about, like, actually confessing feelings. But when it comes to, like, conversation and contact, I will make it immediately. I'm, yeah, I've always been of the mind that, like, when you know, you know. And mm-hmm. like, I might as well just like text you all the time uh, when yeah. I know. But I will say I did once, I was texting with a guy once who told me um, that he had a really bad text rhythm. Mm-hmm. And um, I realized later that that is not a thing. Um, mm-hmm. the te- most people's text rhythm is if they like you, they text you back. But <laughs> this is sort of revealing to me a different side of the coin because it sounds like she does like him. He's just accelerating things at a, at a pace that is too much. And yeah, how does, interesting. And, and I don't know how you communicate that without being mean. I guess my thought is, is like maybe se- when he texts too much, like maybe just send him a text that's like, hey, sorry, I didn't get back to you right away. I'm really bad at texting i'm not really big on texting this much this early maybe that's even too much but like i do yeah. think there's a there's a there's a middle ground here where you don't like listen people people say i'm too passive aggressive but i think that in certain cases it's being aggressive is weird and i think this is one of those cases where being like super aggressive about like just being upfront and saying hey i think you text too much would be hurtful and i think that there's a way to communicate that secretly without saying exactly how you're feeling it's also like if you don't like texting and you prefer like a facetime chat or like a phone call or something like that communicate that like this well i don't think that's the case i think she's i think it's just the the amount i think if she got one call or text per week she'd be happy she's just getting too much well that's what i mean is like i think the thing with texting is that it's like a million little intimacies throughout the week whereas like if you had like one big FaceTime call or something like that that felt like a proper date, then it might level so you're slow saying it down a little bit. She should lie and say she wants a FaceTime call so he'll stop texting her. No, maybe she does want a FaceTime call. I'm saying maybe like the texting is part of it where it's just like because I can get very overwhelmed if I if I look at, down and I've got like five texts and I'm busy or something like that. Like that I that mm-hmm. I do understand that feeling. And sometimes it's just easier for me if I'm like trying to like 
if someone's like missing the mark or we're not, we're kind of like passing by each other or something like that to just be like, Hey, like, can we set a time to talk? And I'll be excited for that. And it will feel convenient because we both want to be there for an hour or something doing it more on like your terms. Since this person seems a little more like willy nilly about when they want to talk, but I still think she should lie or (laughs) alternatively. I think there is like a way she can be sort of like, haha, boy, you're seeing like, Maybe I just wish there was a way I could frame this. There is a way I know that this could be done successfully of like, whoo, boy, you need to cool it. You are like really into me. me. If somebody if somebody said like you need to cool it, I would be like, they hate me. Yeah, yeah, no, same. Especially over text, because text is like it is so easy to come off cold over like text or email. Mm -hmm. I think I think it's very difficult to like gently let someone down like like I just think personally I can't imagine a world where like I had a nice date with someone and they told me that I was like coming on too strong Ooh, maybe this is what she does get a little manipulative and turn it back around on him and say hey I'm so sorry I haven't been getting back to your text I'm really bad at this like it makes me feel a little bit bad that I can't keep up with all of your texting and then he'll feel too and then he'll feel like he's done something wrong that he needs to apologize for and I think that they'll both get what they want I do think that's a really I think if you're gonna if you're gonna go that route that's the way to do it I'm I'm into that one all right hey okay Hey. Sometimes we can meet your middle ground. Sometimes we can meet your middle ground. (laughs) (laughs) And I think we've both decided collectively that we're done with that. And we want to move on to this email. Um, Whose turn is it to be a little reader? Uh, I'll do it. Okay, you do it. Uh, Elegantly sidestepping the whole greeting equity issue. Love you both for your individual and joint contributions to improving our lives in many ways, including (laughs) adequate fiber and pottery. I desperately need your help. Many, many years ago, I did some professional nude modeling, a.k.a. was super broke and needed cash fast. I figured that nobody would ever see the images because they were on a paid site back in the day where those things were incredibly expensive to subscribe to. I also never told anybody about it because it wasn't exactly a freely made choice based on sexual openness and self-confidence and philosophical rationale. I was literally desperate to pay the rent and I didn't want I and I didn't want people I knew to see my soft pink body. As you probably guessed, people found them. I don't actually know who or when because nobody ever spoke to me about it at the time. About two years ago, though, one of my friends revealed they had seen the pics. They had been ripped from the subscription site and were now available to anyone with the knowledge of relevant key search terms. I shut down the conversation with a terse explanation of the circumstances and asked that they not discuss with anyone else. And of course, they said they didn't know anyone specifically that knew about them. So horrible, but manageable. A couple weeks ago, though, another person mentioned them to me in trying to have a discussion about openness, resexuality and female empowerment. Since that is not the context of these photos and I had no idea this person knew or had seen them, I again shut down the conversation. This person, again, was very vague on the details of who knew and had seen them. I obviously can't change history and apparently I can't get them off the Internet because I don't own the images, even though they've been posted on a bunch of other sites without permission. So that's shitty enough. But now I'm left with this creeping paranoia and sick feeling wondering who has seen them, what people have said behind my back for literally over a decade now. I can't stop revisiting past interactions with all my friends and wondering what they knew. Can I ask them directly about this or should I just ignore it and hope this goes away? If I ask them, how do I do it? Can I just move to another country and get all new friends? How do I live with this new information and fear of what they think and say about me? Need your best student advisory support for this one. I can't ever see myself talking about this with a therapist despite your ads. Oof. This is big. Tough. Um, Mm -hmm. Tyra Banks 
I'm thinking of models. Twiggy. <laughs> um, Janice Dickinson. <laughs> um, but what is the... Well, let's think, too, about the crux of her issue, which is she is... Um, she's got a past. Um, mm-hmm. Things were Erase, stolen. Erasing the past. Um, clock stoppers. <laughs> Have you seen that movie? Yes. Oh, I love that movie. I love a good Nickelodeon Studios film. Um, Oh, my God. So one of my, like, most vivid memories of, like, my childhood was um, my cousin from Iran coming to visit. And my dad was giving them a bunch of DVDs to take back. And one of the DVDs he gave was Clock Stoppers, which was my favorite movie at that time. And I <laughs> sobbed. I was so <laughs> fucking upset. I couldn't believe that we were losing our Clock Stoppers DVD. Well, you know what, then? I think we should name this person Clock, Clock Stoppa <laughs> with an A, PPA at the end. Clock Stoppa. Okay. Um, as a sort of an ode to your memory and as a way to not further disrespect this person who's been through a tough um, experience. Yes. So a little a clock stop, a little like Kim Zolciak, big papa vibes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> clock stop. Um, so this is tough. And I, I have an idea, but I don't know if she'll be if this is what the route she wants to go, because I think part of the problem is now is that she doesn't know who knows and who doesn't know. And unfortunately she can't have the people who know unknow. So the only other thing that she could maybe do is I think this is a notes app post to your social media about like, and taking control of the narrative of saying like, Mm -hmm. these are out there. Please don't look at them if you're an adult, you're, you're an asshole if you look at them, you know, and this is this is the state I am. And like, again, like she doesn't want the, this is not she's this is not about female empowerment, but it is like I think like at this point, you're only going to find peace if you take control of the narrative. And I think the only way to do that is to sort of really reveal it to everybody. Yeah, it's it because of like. I I personally can't think of another way for you to know who knows or not or to like because if if the the reading this it's like the the key thing for you seems to be wondering who knows and who doesn't. So you're you're never going to know that unless you just make it so that people know, which is a scary thing to imagine, but I think the the other scary thing is wondering forever. So yeah. I'm really sorry that you're in this position and like I it's it sounds it's it sounds like an impossible situation but i and you know i know this is the second time that i've directly contradicted what a caller has said but i do hope for you that you will try to talk about this in therapy because i think just getting that time to speak freely about it and you know maybe you're not even going to get like killer advice but like just to be able to be like the, the to talk about the feelings related to this because you're clearly feeling so much about it will mm-hmm. only be helpful and hopefully healthy for you. Yeah, I I mean as someone who famously has had their news leaked, um it does suck when you are taken when the when the agency is taken away from you of like who sees because it's like Mm -hmm. okay yeah i took the photos and i shared the photos sort of irresponsibly but like it does when you have that agency taken away it is i i completely understand what she means and like i'm lucky that i'm in a profession and that i'm in an industry that i was able to like be really open and transparent about that happening to me and like 
and now I know that anybody could see them if they want, if they really tried hard enough. And that, but honestly, I will say that it is more comforting to me no, without qu- the question than it was when it was like a question of like, who's seen these and who hasn't. And it really has le- allowed me to let go of it. So I think like some transparency about it might bring you a piece that you didn't, ex- that you you wouldn't expect just from having, I mean, because it, it is like uh, the difference between like pulling out the knife full sail or just being stabbed a little bit every single time you have one of these weird conversations where someone brings it up. It's also something where you could like, tell your close friends that you haven't spoken about it with yet like if it if it is a a, like if you don't feel comfortable making like more of a post about it you could just like call or like hang out with certain people or zoom I guess certain people that you are close with that you feel this like wall around just just for your own sanity so it's like every time you talk to your close friends there isn't this like curiosity or wonder about this situation I think that might be a route too that might feel a little less big, but might answer some questions for you. Because I think also like, I know when, when I see these posts from women who have been, and people in general who have been violated by having this kind of thing shared, the knowing how they feel about that obvious, I mean, it should be obvious that no one wants that, but having these people say, this is a violation. Do not look at them. It is fucked up. If you look at them does work. Like I, I certainly, don't look when I see that because I, I'm like, this isn't this isn't fun for them. This isn't empowering. This isn't sexy for them. And for some people, it totally is. But if it's not, um, tell like when people bring it up, I'm glad I am. I think it is really great that you are telling people the state of mind that you were in when you were making this choice and that you do not want them to look at it and that you are being tough in these yeah. moments and saying, do not do this. It doesn't make because me feel it, good. Like, it's 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 I think it's it's not. Revenge porn, right? You know, it's not like someone leaked her nudes. Like she, th- she made the decision to do this, but I think it's important. Like she shares why, mm-hmm. and and like you know, people are gonna uh, uh, project all of these. Like this person, this friend that made it about female empowerment when it wasn't. Like people are gonna continue to do that. I think mm-hmm. until you you make the choice to sort of be open about it. And yes. and again, like, please weigh in if you have other ideas where, you know, sometimes it's funny when we're out of our depth. And sometimes I feel deeply sorry that I'm out of my depth and trying to help people because I, I, I sense the pain in this email. And I wish mm-hmm. that I, um, I wish that there was another way for me to, to do it. But I, I can only tell you from my experience and like from my very skewed POV on how to handle this. So I'm sorry if we didn't give you good advice today. And I, again, just would really like to say therapy. I mean, I know in my own life, it has changed my life. I've not experienced this specific thing before, but I mean, it, it's worth trying. It it is worth trying to talk about this in therapy. And I would like to say very quickly before we move on to our final call that I am not sorry for giving bad advice to any other caller or emailer in no. this episode. Only to this one. <laughs> Only no. to this one. So you have that sort of to hang your cap on um, that I, I yeah, apologize given, to you. But we didn't given, apologize to anybody else. Uh, and I will never. We've mm. given, I would say, 400 pieces of bad advice. Um, one I mean, we fractured of- a family's wedding. Um. <laughs> um, and then you you have um, identified mold, so we can we can chalk that yeah. as a win. Um, 
And I think that's pretty much it. That I would say that is our only solid contribution. Is <laughs> <laughs> that Joel used his psychic abilities to correctly identify mold in a tenant's house. <laughs> and that's that. And All right, we have one last very quick voicemail, and it's very in keeping with the theme of the show. I think mm-hmm. it's very appropriate to end on this. Um, Ryan, let her rip. Hi, Joel, Mitra, Mitra, Joel. Uh, my question is simple. I just started therapy, which is exciting, but how do I stop feeling that I am talking too much? I keep wanting to apologize and say, sorry, I just talked for so long, uh, but I feel as if I should not feel that way. Alternatively, Am I talking too much? And how would I know? I feel like my therapist wouldn't tell me that. But can it be done? Uh, okay. Uh, bye. <laughs> <laughs> little chatterbox. A little... A little... Mm. Chatter... Loudmouth. Little um, smash mouth. Um. Smash mouth. <laughs> All-star. Um... <laughs> Shrek. Um, we can't. Mm. Well, we can't say. We can't. We can't call her Shrek, can we? Can we? <laughs> <laughs> How about um, Shrekina? <laughs> Shrekina. Um, we, uh, yeah. Shrekette. Shrekette. We're gonna call you Shrekette. It is a real long walk to get there, but I think the journey is part but of. But you heard all the steps. Yeah. You heard all the steps, so mm-hmm. you know why we're at Shrekette. And mm-hmm. we will not be silenced. And we will not be silenced, Shrekat. <laughs> Speaking of not being silenced. <laughs> um, here's my experience. And we can all, we're not therapists. Um, shocking. I know if you got to the end of this, uh, uh, this episode and you were shocked by that, I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> we can only speak to our own experiences with therapy. But I don't think it's so much the volume of words used or the amount that you're speaking. Like your therapist will tell you, your therapist is getting to know you. We've talked Mm -hmm. about this before. And I think like, it's really hard to judge like the relationship you have with your therapist from the first couple of sessions. I do think you need to give it time. And, and you bet your bottom dollar that if this is a therapist worth their salt in six weeks time, they're going to they're going to drop this bomb. They're going to be like, you seem to talk a lot to sort of fill <laughs> because is it because, you know, and they'll start to draw conclusions. That's basically what I'm saying is I think like that is a part of it. But I don't think you need to apologize because especially in the early stages of therapy, as long as you're telling the truth, there is no wrong way to do it. Yeah, I mean, they're what Joel said. They're basically collecting data for a while. So but also I think it is like. You are paying to get to talk about your shit and talk it out and have someone give you feedback on that. So you should be talking a lot of the time. And there is there are not a lot of experiences in our lives when we are talking for like 45 minutes to an hour virtually uninterrupted uh, about ourselves. I mean, like unless you're doing stand-up comedy (laughs) they're they're really they're just really aren't and and so it is a weird muscle you are working out a strange unnatural muscle of telling your story and talking about things that you've maybe never talked about before I mean that was my experience of therapy I felt insane the first few weeks of therapy because I was like I can't believe I'm talking my my like I my I just wasn't used to it yeah and I think that's really important what you just said. I think that therapy is so unnatural and the experience of doing it is so weird and so unlike anything any of us do in our day-to-day lives. And I think you just need to embrace that weirdness and let your therapist 
sort of guide you and like stop apologizing. And mm-hmm. the, I'm sure they'll talk about that or talk about your impulse to apologize. Like, yes. that's the thing is it's so freeform. It's like, I'm talking, I feel like I'm talking, I actively feel like I'm talking too much. And I would like to talk about that now. And you, and like, literally that can lead you down a path of, of, of awareness and, and growth um, in yes. a way in therapy that will be so special for you. And one small thing that I had, I like, would remind myself when I first started and I was really, really uncomfortable with the amount of talking that I was doing is I was like, I'm paying to be here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I had better get my fucking money's worth. So you better believe if this therapist doesn't work out, I better have at least unloaded some childhood trauma. <laughs> For sure. I literally, my therapist just brought this up uh, in our session yesterday, but I, I was like, at the very beginning, I kept saying, basically, the, um, I was like, I'm paying you to say the nastiest shit that I have in my brain and to unload that and to like get that out to a person who is not legally allowed to share any of the things, any of mm-hmm. the nasty things that I'm saying about my friends and family and myself. Um, and that alone is worth the price of admission. <laughs> yes. So it's a space designed for you to talk. Talk about how you feel weird about talking. Get your money's worth, honey. <laughs> and that is that on that. And that is that on our episode. Wow. Woo! Shrekette. Shrekette. We ended on Shrekette. And I honestly, <laughs> I think it's some of our best work today. Shrekette. Me too. Shrek at Shrek at. Certainly, it's especially funny because there is other stuff. There is a female Shrek. <laughs> Um, just Fiona, sort of, yeah. we could have said, we, we could have gone the Fiona route, but that here at Urgent Care, mm-hmm. no, 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 no. We go the extra mile of creating a redundant character within the universe of Shrek. <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to get to work on writing that spinoff. Yes. Stat. <laughs> Shrek at optioned. I'm, I'm financing the whole thing. I'm well, already it's, bankrupt. It's, if Shrek and Smurfette had a baby. So hot. So nasty. <laughs> and you, and you do show the birthing scene. Um, it's a natural birth. She foregoed the epidural and boy, yeah. did she regret it. And she, and it's uh, an at home birth. At home birth in a tub. <laughs> in a tub then, uh, underwater. Shrek washed the dishes in it. <laughs> yeah. So gross. And he goes, and he's and he's wiping and he's wiping and he's wiping and he's like, honey, what's this? Ugh. And then it's the umbilical cord. Ugh. And that's the first episode. <laughs> the first oh, so it's a show now. It's not even a movie. It it is a, yeah, sort of straight to series. A limited series, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, they are, limited they are trying to solve a murder throughout. Yeah. They want to get that golden globe. Okay. <laughs> well <laughs> we did it. Mitra, Hope this has been it. one of um my favorite podcast episodes I've recorded in the last twenty four hours. I can say that with certainty. <laughs> And for me, it has been one of the best hours I've spent on Zoom in the past 24 hours. I believe. And I buy. (laughs) Always great looking at your face. Ryan, doing double duty. Thank you so much. You crushed it. Thank you, everyone at Earwolf, July, Dana, RIP. We love you. Uh, (laughs) She will be resurrected for next week's episode. She will be back. She will be back just like Jesus Christ himself. So, you know, get your fares in order. Shrek it. And Shrek <laughs> Who knows? Shrekette, please call us with an update just so we can remember that we named someone Shrekette. <laughs> All right. Bye bye. Good night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>